I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of Barbecue and Tech. I'm your host this week, Mr. Big Chris Ashley, and I'm rolling solo this week as my homeboy, my brother, Rod, is on the second week of back-to-back traveling. So this guy's been traveling like crazy for work, and uh, yeah, he's missing out on this episode. So um, either way, we're good. We're going to keep it pushing because uh, last weekend, I was able to finally execute on smoking the 100 chickens it was originally 70 and then my buddy to us smoking the chickens for added another batch of 30 so uh yes ended up smoking like 100 uh chicken quarters and uh man is it it, the amazing part is for as long as i've been smoking food and all the trials and tribulations and testing and different scenarios i've run into still run into scenarios that I just haven't run into. So I wanted to make sure I got this episode up this week so I could share some of the lessons learned uh, from this smoke because it was a massive smoke and it was definitely uh, the most I've ever, most food I've ever smoked in a session. And uh, yeah, and it, it was, it was, a it, it was, it was, it came out good, but there was still a lot of things that could have gone better. So, um, you know how we like to start the show. First off, let me thank all the fans and all the patrons and all the supporters of Barbecue and Tech. The show is growing, which I really like. Um, you know, there's tons of people out there that like barbecue, but there's a ton more that could uh, definitely benefit from the conversation and we can benefit from the conversation, right? The more folks that we have in our team so we can learn and try out new things, the, the better it is for all of us. So definitely uh, I would ask that, you know, when you get a chance, tweet out the show, uh, put it on your Facebook, um, rate and review the show wherever you get it from. That way you can help uh, new folks uh, find it. And if you're interested, uh, by all means, uh, if you want to support the show financially, we appreciate you. It. It, it makes it easier for us to test new equipment. Um, do the big brisket cook off that we just did a couple of weeks ago, uh, makes it a lot easier to do. Um, so head over to patreon.com forward slash barbecue and tech. Um, and we appreciate everything that everybody does and especially all the conversations on our discord, which I'm going to reference a bit, uh, this week. Um, so 
one of the things that I love doing right up front is just giving our listeners three tips um, that I've that uh, can help in any in in their smokes and in their cooking situations. Um, tip number one is when you're planning your 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 barbecues or your smoke your smoke sessions, pad your cook times a bit more. Then so on this particular cook, I had worked out all one I wanted to light the smoker, one that I one I wanted to put the food on, and when I wanted it to be ready, when the next batch was gonna go on, when I wanted that to be ready, when I was gonna barbecue, all everything. I, I planned everything because I wanted this to go smoothly because I wasn't cooking the chicken for myself. I was cooking it for, you know, another person. And his family. So I really wanted to make sure uh, I had everything planned out and lined up. And I made a huge mistake. And I did not account for enough things in the cook. And yeah, I, I fell behind big time. So definitely as you're planning things, um, and I'll, I'll get more into that uh, later on in the show. But uh, as you're planning things, go ahead and pad maybe an extra 30, uh, 45 minutes or so just for incidentals. It, it'll make your life easier in the end, I, I think. So yeah, definitely tip number one, when you're planning a big cook, pad your cook times more. Uh, tip number two, and this seems so straightforward and easy, but it really, uh, I, I just, it's just something that I've never really ran into. Um, not only do you check to see if you're sm- if you're using an in uh, smoker probe uh, a probe for your smoker, and you know I've always recommended having a probe at the grate level so that you get a proper reading where the food is actually cooking, right? But make sure that probe is secure to the grate, because I always just peek in, I look and see the probe. The probe is there, and I'm like, okay, we're good. So nothing to worry about, you know, we're keep it moving. And in fact, this particular cook, my probe was loose and it caused me a little bit of trouble while I was smoking the food. And uh, all I had to do was make sure that that thing was on there. Now, I don't know why it got loose, maybe because I was, you know, as I put some food in, I might have bumped it or, you know, I have no idea. But it got loose. And my probe is like the long wire with the little gator teeth on it where you just kind of pinch it to open it up and clip it on. So it's like a little clip, gator clip. And uh, yeah, it came off the uh, smoker and that uh, it, it caused me some trouble uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, and that kind of leads into my third tip. You know, we recommend this is barbecue and tech. You know, we talk about good barbecue but we also talk about the tech we use to facilitate that good barbecue. But nothing replaces your own instincts and your eyeballs, right? Because tech can fail you. And it's good to have backups and redundant things in place. That's how that's how we work, right? Software you want to have redundance, redundant uh, you know, strategies, you you know, enterprise uh such setups you want to have redundant strategies um, battery backups we use all the time and why not 
uh, and definitely with our barbecue. You want to have, you know, a way out in case some of your tech that you rely on fails. But at the end of the day, you have got to rely on your own experience, your eyeballs and 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 just common sense. If you're looking at something, you're like, man, that looks done. But the probe says it's not. There is nothing wrong with taking that piece of meat out, cut it open and say, hey, you know what? I confirmed it is done because the, the latter part is, you know, you either a you don't trust your instincts and you you serving up dry food, which none of us wants to do. Right. Or B, you know, you're just like, I don't want to check. Uh, I don't know. I'm iffy about this. So I'll just pull it. No, no. Just cut it open. You know, check it. You know, something's not right. Investigate. And I had to do that on this particular cook. And I'm really really glad that I did um, something I always have done. So this is why I, before when I gave that tip, I said, when you're pulling your food, take time to understand what what it feels like, what it looks like. Like this is done. This will look good. Now, let me make sure I commit to memory what this felt like, what it looked like. Um, you know, all of these things you will rely on at some point later on in in, a, in another cook. So, um, yeah, so those are the three tips this week. All right. So now let's get into this particular cook. So first off, the chicken came out phenomenal. It, I was extremely excited for the reactions that people had when I dropped it off and they ate it. Um, compliments all day, all walks of life. Um, my buddy who who I cooked the chicken for called me yesterday to thank me again. Um, they had a little bit of leftovers yet left and they were, you know, just heated them up and was about to go to town on them. And, uh, and he was very excited, very happy. And to the point where he's like, my family said, anytime we have a get together, not only do you have to come, but you have to do the chicken for us. So that, that's the high compliment um, of, of any standard. I was extremely excited and happy that I was able to, to provide this uh, chicken for them and uh, could do this cook. And it was a lot of food. I mean, he had a couple of briskets there. He had 12 racks of ribs that another buddy did. Um, he had uh, a couple of pool, uh, pork shoulders that another friend of ours did. So uh, he made the greatest comment. He said, I assembled my, uh, my barbecue Avengers to help me facilitate this party for my family. And, uh, I, you know, he appreciated and thanked all of us and it was great. It was outside, uh, for the most part, all the food was on the inside, but the event, you know, all the tables and stuff were set up outside. He's got a nice size backyard. So everybody was able to stay safe, enjoy some good food, some music. And overall it was really, really cool. Um, so I was happy to be there, uh, and, and participate. Um, and what did I ended up doing? So, I actually ended up doing three styles of chicken and I like doing when I have like a, a lot of food like that. I enjoy making multiple versions so people can enjoy things uh, based on what they what their preferences are to the best I can provide. All right. So I did a barbecue chicken where the sauce and when I say barbecue chicken, that means the barbecue was I put the barbecue on the chicken myself um, and then put it back in the smoker so it could set the barbecue sauce. And yeah, so it had actual sauce on the chicken. And then I did a dry rub. So this, this batch I did was smoked, uh, seasoned. And then in the end, 
I just hit it with a nice coating of uh, dry rub, uh, sugar maple, and then took it off. And that was it. And so the dry rub kind of was able to stick to the top of the, the, the finished chicken, gave it a nice, good flavor, and uh, it looked great. I mean, just both both of those looked awesome. It just so appetizing. And I was really happy with the aesthetics of them, um, the way they looked, the way they tasted, uh, everything. Really happy with that. And then so because he added this extra um, batch of chicken, I was like, I, I had two options, right? I could do something different or I could simply just you know, split it up between the other two batches. But I decided to do something different. And this was, a, was a, I've never done for other people. I've done it for myself. And on the, on the last batch, I decided to go with an Alabama white sauce. I'm, I've tried it before and I really liked it. Um, and so I said, you know what? I'm sure there will be a bunch of people there that would enjoy, enjoy this. And so I tried it again. And it would turn out to be a hit that got demolished. Like that was like the first set of chicken that disappeared uh, out of the, out of all, all the chicken. So that, that would turn out to be a pretty big hit. And I took a different, I took a, I seasoned that separately than the other two. The other two I seasoned pretty similar. It's just that one had sauce and then one was coated with another uh, set of uh, dry rub on top. But this one was, I season a bit differently. So we'll talk about these individual ones. Uh, first up, the barbecue. So nothing out of the realm of, uh, or just out of the ordinary. I seasoned the chicken. Um, I tenderized it. Like I said, I was going to. So I took my little, uh, poker. Uh, I poked it, you know, the top of the, the skin through the skin to kind of allow for the, juices to or the fat to render easier out of there so because what i want i didn't want people having this skin that was just slapping them in the face as they were trying to bite into it now overall i didn't get a hundred percent bite through skin but what i did i didn't get rubbery skin either it was kind of in between and I, I was okay with it when you're doing a lot of chicken like that it's really hard really hard and i'll I, i'm gonna continue to try to get better at, at, at that portion of it. But what I did was for all the chickens, when I, I not only did I tenderize the top through the skin, but I also started with the skin side down. And then I also started the chicken. So each batch of chicken I did, I cooked about, uh, 40, uh, 40, about 40, 38 quarters at a time. I, I could have did up to probably 50, but for chicken, I don't like to use the top shelf because I don't feel that it gets as hot as the other two and I'd have to rotate it. And I did rotate the chicken just to make sure they all kind of cooked evenly. But um, I don't, I'm not, I, you know, everything else, ribs, brisket, I don't care. I'll put it on the top shelf, especially salmon. I really like on there, but um, I don't like doing chicken up there uh, on that top shelf. I don't feel like the grates get as hot as I want them to be for chicken. So with that said, um, all the, all the chickens, um, started with the skin side down. And I do that because the grate is hotter. It can help render that fat faster. Um, and which is the problem why you get that skin that just so rubbery is you can't get the fat out of it. And so, and that worked well. So I let it go for like up to a, probably about 120 degrees. My goal temperature was like 165, uh, for the chicken to be done. 
So for the majority of the cook, I look, I put that skin side down and then I would go in and as I'm flipping them over, I'm rotating them uh, around so that yeah, I'm making sure that they cook evenly. Um, So, yeah. So the barbecue I did first. And the reason why I was going to do like um, I was going to cook each batch of chicken, take half of it, dry rub, half barbecue, and then do the next batch half. dry. But I decided against that. And what I thought was my rationale was if I do the barbecue first, because it's sitting in the sauce, it's going to sit the longest. But because it's sitting in the sauce, I don't really have to worry about it drying out or anything because it has that sauce to kind of help it. So I decided to do the whole first batch barbecue. And I think it came out well. I think it kind of it, it worked um, because it was, you know, again, nothing but rave reviews. I took a piece out just to, you know, obviously to test it. And I liked what I ate. It was very tasty and very juicy. So I was I was content with that. Um, the next batch was the dry rub. And uh, same thing. I smoked that chicken skin side down, rotated it um, in between, flipped it over and then uh, flipped it over, rotated it, their positioning, finished them off, took them off, put them in the uh, in the warmer. And then finally, the last batch went on cooked. Um, so by then, by the time I had to put the last batch on, I was way behind schedule. I was uh, literally like an hour and a half behind schedule. So um, I just basically took the two, the dry rub and the and the uh, barbecue sauce chicken over, dropped that off and then came back to my house. And uh, and while I put the, the, the last batch on before I left, because he doesn't live that far, about 20 minutes from me. So I knew by the time I got back, it would be very close to being done. Um, you know, and it was. Now, proud moment uh, for me in the midst of this. As I was driving home, I knew, I, like I said, I was behind schedule. And so I called my daughter, my 12-year-old, and I said, hey, listen, I need you to go to the kitchen and I need your help. And she's like, okay, daddy, what do you need? And I was like, I need you to make this white sauce for me. And she was, she kind of perked up. She's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I need you to make the sauce for me. So she said, okay, because her mom, you know, has her baking and doing stuff in the kitchen. Of course, I have her helping me with barbecue. Um, so she was ready for the, for the, she was up for it. And I started giving her the ingredients and the amounts. And, uh, you know, that part was the easy part. She knows how to use a whip and, uh, you know, whip things around in, in the bowl. And, uh, but the one thing, there was the last couple of seasonings that had to go in, like the salt and pepper and I did a little bit of rub. And I said, just I didn't have a measurement for her. You know, there was some in the bottle and I said, just put half of what's in the bottle. So that was her discretion. Salt and pepper was her discretion. And, you know, when she tasted it, she was like, oh, wow, this is really good. And I was like, OK, I'm going to use the sauce. So because I'm going to be in a rush. So just put it in the refrigerator. And when I get home, I'm going to end up pouring it on the chicken. And she's like, but daddy, what if what if, what if it's not good? And I was like, I trust your palate. I've been training you for your whole life. Uh, I'm sure it's fine. But what if you have to change it? And I was like, okay. So I tell her she was a little bit nervous. So I said, look, when I get home, I will taste it, but I'm sure it'll be fine. So um, as I was getting home, a little bit more traffic than I thought. So I actually called her back and told her, hey, go check the temperatures on the chicken. Uh, And so sure enough, the ones on the lower uh great were actually ready to be pulled so i was like go get a pan you got to pull them for me 
So she's like, okay, no problem. So she's uh, taking the chicken off the smoker for me while I'm driving. And um, when I get home, we just take the ones that are uh, on the next shelf up, move them down. Cause my, cause the, the, the heat comes in from the bottom and then rotates and swirls around the smoker. So that bottom tends to be a bit harder, a little bit hotter than the rest of the smoker. So I just moved the other ones down so that they would finish by the time I sauced up these, these particular chickens. And, um, so we went and got the sauce and she was like, and I tasted it and blew my socks off. Absolutely delicious. And, uh, you know, if anybody has never heard of the Alabama white sauce, it's a very popular, uh, sauce. Um, I, I believe the, the inventor's name is, uh, Bob Gibson or yeah, I think it's Bob Gibson. And essentially somebody just asked them to try making a different sauce. And, you know, this one is mayonnaise based, uh, mayonnaise and vinegar. So almost like you're a miracle whip ish. And, um, it goes great on a spicier chicken. And that's what I did on these, but on this last batch of chicken, um, I actually made it a bit hotter. So use some of the, uh, red chili flakes, you know, reg, you know, did the AP on, on top, put some, made it a bit spicier. And then because I knew that the, the white sauce would cut it, you know, the white sauce has a little bit of sugar in it. So it's a bit sweeter. Um, so that you, you get my favorite sweet heat type of going on, but it's just different because it's a creamier taste and it just worked all the way around. And so I was very excited about that. And the way I, when I tasted it, I was just, I was in awe. She did a great job of mixing that up. And so what I ended up doing is pulling the chicken out, putting it in. And di- typically what you would do is with the white sauce is you would just dip, you put it in like in a bowl and you would dip each piece of chicken in there and then let that sauce just kind of run down the side of it. So it's meant to be on the sloppier side. I didn't have a lot of time to do all of that. So I just took the whole bowl of white sauce and just poured it over top of the chickens in the, in the pan and then just kind of moved them around to make sure they were coated and then covered up and had to get out of there and get back. So I would have loved to have finished it up and they, they got a good coating. Um, I was, I was content with what I had, but it's not what I wanted to do. Um, but I had to call an audible there. So yeah, that's what we ended up doing. For the barbecue sauce, the barbecue chicken, though, what I ended up doing was I actually took the barbecue sauce that I had, poured it in a pan, and I dipped each piece of chicken into the sauce so that it was completely covered and then just shook it off the excess and then put it back in the smoker to set. So I I didn't want to waste the time because sometimes when you brush the sauce on, you get the brush lines in there and you don't quite get it all even. But if I dip that thing in the sauce, everyone's going to come out perfect. And that's why they looked so good is because I dipped each one in on their own, pulled it out, put it on the smoker and then let that uh, smoke down and set, you know, get the sauce kind of tacky. And yeah, came out great. So I was really happy with with those pieces of it. Um, So. Now, let's talk about the issues that I had. So that was the overall cook, right? The issues that I had was, for some reason, the chickens were not cooking as fast as I expected them to. So I had basically in my head said, two hours is my is pretty much good for smoking chicken. Um, the first part of it I, is where the smoke comes in. The second part I used to kind of firm it up. You know, so I usually start around 270 and then I push it up to 300. And the smoker was telling me, hey, everything's fine. You're at 270 now. And then when I pushed it up to 300, I said, OK, you're at 300. 
But for some reason, it was just dragging. The cook was just dragging on. And that, that can happen from time to time when you're doing a barbecue. You just the meat just reacts differently. But in this particular case, I, I just was like, what is going on here? Uh, so, you know, I got through the first batch. It, it ended up almost taking an extra 30 minutes. Um, but I got the first batch off. And this is where I, I'm telling you guys to make sure you use your instincts because even though I was temping the, the probe, the meter was telling me that the uh, the temperature around the chickens were about 215. I was like, what is going on? 215, 220. And it, you know, the chicken never, like only some of the chickens were getting that 165, 170. And I was like, what is, this is not right. You know, these things have been on for two hours and 15 minutes. There's no way they're not done. I mean, they got the nice, perfect color on the top. They, they, they feel firm enough on the, when I'm touching them. And, but, and I think what happened is because the temperature ended up, the meter was actually accurate. The temperature was down in the 220, 220, you know, 215, 220 range. So it cooked the chicken. It took longer. And, uh, but it, uh, long story short, my probe that I used to control for the controller fell off the smoker and fell down in the bottom of the smoker. So yeah, it, the probe was like, it's hot down here. <laughs> it was 300, uh, 300 down here, but the resident smoker, it was not, especially at the grates. And so thank goodness we, I figured it out to get the last batch done on time. Um, otherwise I'd have probably been like six hours late. Um, instead of the, the four hours when I was bringing the chicken, when it kind of worked out in the end, because, you know, people, by the time I brought it, people were ready for the next go around anyway. So, um, yeah, it still got demolished, but all of that because the probe fell off. And so the chickens weren't, they were just kind of holding at that 155, 158 range. And I was like, there's no way they're not done. So I took a piece off, cut it right, um, between the thigh and the, and the leg. And I wanted to cut into that leg a little bit and it was hundred percent done white all the way through no pink except for the, you know, the, from the smoker. And this, I was like, this is a cooked piece of meat. So I'm confident that, and this was one of the bigger pieces, right? So don't just cut the smallest one and be like, yep, we're good to go. No, cut a bigger one. Cause if that one's done, most likely the other ones are done. And I was temping. Some of them were in that 165 range. Some of them were in that 158 range. And I was like, but there's no way. It's been two and a half hours at this point. I'm taking them off. And I did. And thank goodness I did because I've been in that situation before where I just sit there and I trust the probe. I trust the probe. And sometimes the meat is just pushing back and it's not reaching that final temp. And uh, yeah, ended up drying out the meat because it just sat in there so long. I lost all the juices. So I was really happy. And not to mention, you know, generally you, you know, you, tend to kind of pull the meat you know, a couple of degrees before, especially if it's going to sit or rest because um, it, it'll continue to cook even though. So even though you take it off the smoker, it doesn't just say, oh, we're done cooking. No, this, that heat is down in the middle of it radiating back out. So it's definitely going to continue to cook. Um, so, you know, if you're within a few degrees, you're probably generally OK to pull it. Um, and that's what I did. So I put, took it off, put it in the uh, Cambro. And uh, I say that with a smile, um, not my Carlisle. I put it in a Cambro. Why did I say that? Because I, I have a Carlisle, which is the the stacked uh, food warmer. Um, it has uh, five shells in it. 
Uh, well, it basically has more than five shelves. It has, you know, you can change the levels, but, um, this thing, you know, it's an insulated food warmer, keeps, can keep food warm for up to like five hours. Um, but it's tall and, um, I, and I didn't necessarily, and it's heavy and I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to have a lot of help to load it. Um, even though I can load it myself, I just, I don't like to load it myself because when it gets to tilting, the juices start pouring out. So, and, uh, I didn't have my wife there to give me a hand to load it. So I ordered the, uh, Cambro, uh, go box. And these are smaller, uh, boxes by Cambro and, uh, Cambro is another popular, uh, insulated food, uh, company, um, food transport. They, you know, they make all kinds of devices and stuff and, uh, for, for people, for caterers. And, um, I ordered the, uh, the two pack, which was $114. So significant, even though it's a two pack, it's significantly cheaper than my Carlisle, uh, which was like $300 when I bought it. Um, the way these work, they're, they're, they basically can fit two of the large pans um, that are like, I think, two and a half inches deep, or you could do multiple uh, combinations. So you can do one large pan and two small pans, uh, whatever this, but it's a top load uh, container. It's made out of the uh, polypropylene. So kind of like a styrofoam. So it's super light, which is the cool part, right? Because my, my Carlisle, I love it to death and will never get rid of it, but it's heavy on its own. So then you load it up with food and you definitely like looking for two people to carry it. But these things are so light. They're like five pounds each, but they're so insulated. They're rated um, by them to say to keep food warm for four hours. And I'm going to say it did a great job keeping the food warm because um, it, like I said, it's top load. So you you basically have to pry the top off because it's perfectly fitted to, to insulate it, uh, insulate around the uh, inside. Drop my uh, full size pan inside of it, stuck another pan on top of it. Easy, no work, effortless. Put them right in there smashed the uh the top back on and just sat it aside and it had the food steaming when I took it out uh to serve. So I was really happy with the performance of these things. So I know some folks uh, you know they look at that Carlisle when I've talked about it and they're like, man, that thing is expensive and I get it. So this is now another option that I've tested and used and definitely could recommend um to get the Cambro. So that's what I ended up loading the chickens in. Uh, for for this particular cook and then two was enough because you know I had the uh the the initial four pans that I took over um two dry rub two barbecue salt barbecue and then once we put the one of each on the table I combined those into one took one uh warmer uh Cambro back and put the uh the uh Alabama white in there by itself and then brought that back over and then we put that one out for people to destroy. So it worked out well for, for me. So uh, definitely a uh, really good option. So when I had those sitting in there, I wasn't worried about it. I knew they were going to keep warm. In fact, um, they, you know, continue to radiate and, you know, finish, get to that final temp, if you will. So I did that, uh, came back. Uh, so once I took those off and, and thing is, I wanted to clean the grates. I did gave it a quick uh, wire brushing. Uh, between the cook and when I looked and I saw the probe on the bottom I just wanted to run my head into a wall I was like of course that explains it now I got lucky because on the second batch I didn't get lucky I, I just said you know what 
for whatever reason, these things aren't cooking fast enough. So I'm not going to drop the temp back to 270 for the next batch. I'm just going to leave it at 300. So that helped the second batch cook a lot. It cooked within the time frame that I expected it to within that two hours. So there was only the first batch that got, got thrown off and threw off the rest of them. But I was able to prevent the rest from going downhill by leaving the temp, recognizing that something was off and I hadn't figured it out yet. I was tired um, from the prep. And uh, so I just missed something. And so I went ahead and uh, left it at 300 and that helped. And then by the butt for the third batch. Now that cooked exactly as expected, right? Because I moved the probe back to where it was supposed to be. And then that thing ramped up the temp and truly got it up to where it was supposed to be. Cooked them, you know, skin side down, cooked it just the way I expected it, turned them over and everything was back to normal. And I was like, of course. So problem solved, but crisis averted as well. So that was the cook. That was the, um, the whole shebang. You know, like I said, everything went over, um, everything was tasted good and people were super excited about the food and and for the future so definitely as an option and they do sell uh amazon does have the cambros as a uh as an individual so you don't have to buy a two-pack you can the single is uh 57 uh 99 listed and they do have four packs which are 229 they also have the ability to stack too so you can definitely uh, stack them, uh, put them on a dolly if you're doing a bigger event. But if you know, just for folks that don't necessarily want to put their briskets or um, their pulled porks in a cooler or they just want to keep the cooler for the drinks. And man, this is a great option. I really was happy with the way these performed. OK, so um, I'm going to wrap this episode up. But before I do, there were a couple of comments in our discord that I just said, you know what, let me take a couple minutes to address those on this particular episode. Um, so first up, my boy Tom asked about the brisket, the big brisket test. Did we end up removing the same amount of fat from each brisket? And I'm going to say no. My goal when I trim a brisket, I actually trim the brisket to the aesthetic of the, the the one that I have in front of me. So if that requires me to do a small amount of fat on the top, I'm going to do that until I'm com- I like what I see, you know, maybe like a quarter of an inch of fat on the top, um, you know, whatever the deco looks like. So I, I can't really say that the amount of fat that I cut off was the same. I just tried to make the briskets look the same in the end, you know, the same amount of fat on the top, um, the same uh, aerodynamics. So that's, that's what I tried to go for uh, on, on that. And I I did not weigh the fat when I took it off. Uh, Let's see. And then we had, let me see who did this because this was looked really good. Let's see. Somebody, did a brisk uh, a brisket burnt ends, but they just did it with the flat, and I thought that looked really good. And you know, they don't have the the ability to get the full uh the, the full packer, or the, that's what it sounded like to me. They didn't weren't able to get it, and so 
in the end, they just got a flat and it, it looked like it came out really good. And, you know, folks, uh, you don't have to just do a full, you know, you don't have to go find a full brisket um, every time you do. Oh, that was uh, Ken, I believe. Yeah. So you don't have to go find a full brisket every time you do something. You know, if you if your family is not that big, just go get you know, find the uh, find you a small piece. Put that on and do it. And then somebody else had done a brisket flat and uh, ran into some trouble uh, with it. And guys, remember, if you're just smoking a flat and we all have to go through this, right? We all have to mess some food up or not be happy with it so that we get better on the next one. So if we if you're just doing a flat, then it's not as much as the full packer. So probably you're going to want to take it to a lower temperature. I haven't done just a flat in a long time, so I don't have a recommended temp. But if I was to guess, I would probably pull mine more around the 195 range as opposed to the 205 range. Um, so just a little tip there. Keep in mind that if you have a smaller brisket or if you're just using the, the flat and not the, the flat end the point, um, you're probably not going to um, need to cook it as long, especially the flat, right? The the first couple cuts in the flat are usually the driest. Um, that's where burnt ends came from, right? They would have those pieces that they didn't want to slice and serve. So they would cut them into cubes, stick them in barbecue sauce and put them on the counter where people would come by and, you know, with a toothpick and grab a piece and sample it and, you know, get something good out of it. So that's where burnt ends came from in the first place. So definitely follow, follow that path, you know, don't if you're just doing a flat don't don't cook it as long for sure and but everybody depending on the fat content everything how long it's going to need to cook is going to have to is you have to play that by ear and just see and maybe you do one you're like ah, i didn't quite get there but you're now you're starting to dial it in right so the next one you do you cook it at a shorter temperature i mean shorter time but still not right where you want it you just keep doing that keep doing it keep going is the point keep going till you get it dialed in uh, next up, uh, or finally, uh, Ken also asked about uh, using a drum smoker. So my, I don't have a ton, uh, remember a ton of experience. I did, my original smoker was a drum smoker. They work fine. You know, they, they you can still great make some great barbecue on them. So if, you, if you're looking for another smoker to get and you are a cheaper smoker uh, to start out with, by all means, right, grab you a drum smoker. Um, they, they're, they tend to be um, a, a little bit cheaper, smaller, but you can still make some good barbecue on them. So that's it. So hopefully, uh, Rod will be back next week. I think, uh, we'll get the next episode with him on there, but I definitely wanted to take some of the lessons that I learned from this particular smoke and uh, share them with you guys. Cause this is how we get better. We build up our little community of backyard pit masters. And uh, yeah, man, so I was really happy in the end. And if you got any questions, come check me out in the Discord or hit me up on Twitter. Uh, until next week, uh, we'll talk to you later. Have a great week and uh, weekend, excuse me. And uh, yeah, peace. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 